Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. Um, But hey, listen, so we've been today, I'm going to preach the third installment of a series that we've been in called Brick by Brick. Everybody say Brick by Brick. brick. Everybody say Daniel's iPad, turn on. Hallelujah. Hey, it worked. I just need to remember my password is all. Brick by brick, we've been in this series and just I just want to keep setting the tone every week about what foundation we're building upon in this series. Week one, if you did not see it, go back and watch it. Even if you don't go back and watch any other weeks, watch this week, uh, week one, because what we did is, is we set a foundation of talking about how Jesus builds his church. Number one, the church is his church. It's his church. It's the bride of Christ, and he builds the church. And as a pastor, I can often um, start trying to build Jesus' church for him and think, oh, this is the best strategy. This is the best way to go. But ultimately, Jesus builds his church, and he builds it upon a foundation of himself. Jesus is the cornerstone, and we are living stones, the Bible says, in which we lay upon um, the cornerstone named Jesus. And so everything is built upon Jesus. The building of the church is built upon Jesus. It's not built upon um, us, it's built upon him, but he uses us to build his church. And then last week, um, we talked about, you have a brick, you have a brick. And we did something really exciting last week, and we, we talked about how you have a ministry. Oftentimes in church, um, we, can get, we can delegate ministry to the full-time staff, and we can delegate ministry to the 10% and those leading, and oh, that's the leader's job to do that. And we can easily get a consumer mentality with church especially sitting in movie theater seats because normally sitting in movie theater seats you pay some tickets get some popcorn and you're looking to be entertained that's not what church is for and that's not what church is about in fact we are the church we are the body of christ and we are gathering together and you have a ministry that's what we talked about last week you have something what has god put in your hand you have a brick somebody say you have a brick brick. i know you do too you do too you have a brick and what we did last week was really cool. We, we decided, and we're not going to do it this week. Some of you might have been watching online, and now you're in the room because you're like, shh, I dodged that one. Um, but in fact, it was really cool. It was really powerful. If anybody was in the room last week, and you could just say, hey, that was, that was awesome. We broke up into groups and asked the question among the groups, and every group selected a uh, uh, appointed somebody to be like a spokesperson and we asked the question among the groups eight minutes long um, and we said this what problems in our community can our church help solve and man we heard some amazing answers and some amazing insights from the body of christ some people even were here for the first time last week and they got thrown into that um, and got to answer the question it was just so cool to be able to hear those insights we did it in onsbach as well and now we have those audio files and so our leadership team is actually listening to that because we want to do something about that. We want to do something with that to say, what can we help, uh, what problems can we help solve in the community as a church? Amen? 
Listen, if our church closes its buildings, if, if we close down our services and we all move back to where we're from or we stop coming or we stop going then, and our community never knew we were here, then what are we even doing here? We're here to affect our community. <laughs> we're, here to make, we're here to see change. And we've said it before, we don't want to be a big church. We want to be a church with a big impact. And if that means that we grow in number, that's great. But we want to have a big impact in our cities and our communities and where God has placed us and uh, the places and influence that he's put us in. Amen? So you have a brick. And last week, I went ahead and told you what I was preaching on so that you would be prepared. And last week, everybody got a Lego or a brick. And I told you this week, I'm going to be preaching on a title, Bring Your Brick. Everybody say, Bring Your Brick. And I've already heard from some of you that you remembered to bring your brick. If you forgot to bring your brick, we've got bricks for you. John can get you a brick if you want a brick. If you, if you forgot, because we have grace on you, we have grace for you. If you forgot your brick, you can, you can flag John down and get a brick, okay? But bring your brick. Everybody say it with me one more time. Bring your brick. Bring your brick. Your brick. I want to preach today out of Second Kings um, and Second Kings chapter four. We're going to land there in just a moment. Um, but I just we're setting the tone in this series of the church. Who is the church? We are the church. Listen to me. The church is not a is not a collection of programs. That's a club. You can be a part of, of a club, and they have programs that you can get involved in and great community and fun activities and things but the church is not a program the church is a people the church is a people um, if we don't have programs we're still the church if we don't have sunday services we're still the church the church is the gathering of the believers if you gather in a home you're the church if you gather in a movie theater you're the church uh, the church is not a building it is a people does anybody remember the old um here's the church and here's the steeple, open the doors and see all the people. And it's like, wow, the church looks like Predator. You're like, wow, that's creepy. Um, but this was like, like we, we, grew up, we grew up learning this, you know, as kids. Like, here's the church. Here's the steeple, open the doors, and here's all the people. I don't even know if I'm doing it right. That's probably why it looks creepy. But actually, that's not true. We grew up learning. If you grew up doing that, you grew up learning the wrong thing. Because this isn't the church. This is just brick and mortar a building. In fact, what's inside of that building, the gathering of the people, is the church. And he is building his church brick by brick. Amen? Yeah. 2 Kings chapter 4. Let me read it to you. And then we're going to talk about bring your brick. Bring your brick. 2 Kings chapter 4, starting in verse 1. It says this. Now, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? Somebody say that. What do you have in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside borrow vessels from all your neighbors and your sons and pour into all these vessels and when one is full set aside set it aside so she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons and as she poured they brought the vessels to her when the vessels were full when the vessels were full she said to her son bring me another vessel 
And he said to her, there is no, not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God, and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. It's such a story of God's miracle. It's a story of provision. It's a story of God seeing the need of this widowed woman who needed her debts to be paid because her daughters were going to be sold into slavery as the creditor was coming. It was this idea of provision. But one thing that is so crucial in this story is the fact that she she had something like we talked about last week that the question that the prophet asked her elisha the man of god asked her is what's in your house and last week we asked the question what is in your hand what is in your hand can we just pray over the word of god today and just believe because we want we we, we believe that the word of god changes hearts it's not a good sermon it's the word of god Father, today we thank you for this story. We thank you that this word of yours is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrates bone and marrow. God, that you would do something in our hearts today through your word. Would you reveal yourself to us through the story of the widow and the oil? Reveal yourself in it, Jesus, because ultimately we want to see you because you are the word. And only an encounter with you, not an encounter with a brand, not an encounter with Destiny Church, not an encounter with a pastor, but only an encounter with you, Jesus, can transform us. We need you. We're desperate for you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, quick story. My, my youngest son, Luca, was born here in Germany, the, o- the only one of our kids born here in Germany. And so we had to go through the process of getting him an American passport. And we decided that we were going to go to the U.S. this past February. And so we needed a passport if we were going to do this. And some of you who've gone through passport processes know the pain that it, that it causes to go through the passport process. And then if you're trying to get a passport for your kid so that you can travel and the pressure of the travel date is coming, you know that that pressure is there. And so we booked an appointment in Frankfurt at the U.S. Embassy to get our newborn son a passport. And so I, I'm, I'm not an organized person. If you know me, I'm not very organized. Um, but this, on this occasion, I was organized. Oh man, I knew if I was going to go, if we, I was going to pack my family up and we were going to drive to Frankfurt to get a passport, we had one chance, one appointment to make this happen, to make this happen on time so we could have a passport to get back to the U.S. to see our family and eat fried chicken and Chick-fil-A and Waffle House and all those things. And so we were like, this is, this is it. Like, this is the moment. So I got all my, all my German, you know, notebooks and all my organization binders and things like that. And I'm laying it out and I brought, almost every document I had in my house, even parking tickets. I'm like, whatever I got, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing the filing cabinet because they are not going to be able to tell me I don't have what I need to get my passport. And I knew, I read literally on the list of the things I had like, a, I had like the list of things that I was meant to bring and I put it in order. I put it in the plastic sleeves and I'm like, these Germans are going to be impressed with me. These people are going to be impressed with me. And I, so, I, so I walk up to the embassy and we stand in line for hours and we take our number and we finally get up to the counter i'm like proud Woo! you know i'm like here we go and and they start asking for the documents i'm like here yeah <laughs> here you go and i slide them all across i'm like don't worry they're in order you know 
And she starts flipping through them. She's like, okay, let me get your passports. And I have a little pouch where I put my passports in. And I pulled out my passports. And we have, we're a family of five at this moment. Um, and Luca we didn't have his passport. So I had four passports. And I'm fumbling through the passports. I, I give them, I give them um, mine. I give them the kids. And then, I, and then all of a sudden I run out. I'm like, wait a second. Where's my wife? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm prepared. It's here. And so I, you know, I like, you ever done this? It's like a clear bag. Like you can clearly see in the clear bag, but it's like, you just like, <laughs> like hoping that it's magic and it wasn't there. I'm like, did I leave it in the car? No. And then all of a sudden a light bulb clicks and they needed copies of the passports beforehand. So I had to have in the documentation copies of the passports. So a couple days ahead of time, I had scanned all the copies. I remember the Holy Spirit reminded me. I think, I don't know, or I just remembered. Megan's passport was sitting in the scanner at our house two hours away. And I'm like, no. And I just begged. I begged for our life. I begged for my sanity. And I don't know, I don't even remember what happened now. It was too stressful and I just, I forgot everything. Um, I, don't want, I, I don't want to remember. But she, let, she, she made it happen. I had a birth certificate. I think it's because I was so prepared with the documents. I had it. I don't know if you've ever lost your passport before or if you've ever walked up to the airport and you don't have your passport. How many of you know that that passport is so valuable to where you're trying to go? How many of you know it's only, it's only valuable if you bring it? It only works if you bring it. <laughs> it, I, it, it. It only is valuable if you have it on hand. You're not going to be able to tell them when you get onto the plane, oh, I have a passport. Where is it? Oh, it's at home. No, you, ne you need it to cross the border. Yeah, yeah, but I have one. It's at home. No, they're like, show me the passport. You're supposed to bring it with you. Somebody say bring it. Bring it. Oh, I feel like you're trying to fight me now. Bring it. You got to, you got to bring. We, last week, again, we talked about your, you have a brick. You have a ministry. You have a talent. You have something that God has placed inside of you, some ability, some kind of resource. You've got something in your hand. The question is now, do you got to bring it? You got to bring it. Bring your brick. You can't leave it at home. Don't leave the bad cave without it. Don't leave the bad cave without what God has put in your hand to say, I've got it. It's only valuable if I bring it. I think it, it's so interesting that this woman, so she has, she has one jar of oil. She has a brick. She, has a, she, has, she even says, what? She says, she says I have nothing oh, except the jar of oil. And he says to her, he says, he says, go get some other jars of oil. Bring some other, some other empty vessels. Bring some other empty vessels. And the woman, the woman begins to go around and starts collecting these vessels. She starts collecting these jars, empty jars. And as she's taking this one jar of oil and she's filling these seven jars, she had seven, she collected seven. As she's filling these jars, they all fill up. It's a miracle. I, I'm, I was never good at math, okay? But I know that that's not normal. You don't take one jar and make seven jars out of that. That's a miracle, okay? Like she took this jar of oil and as she began to pour it, then she, she began to, a miracle began to take place because what you bring to Jesus, he can turn into a miracle. Only what you bring to Jesus Jesus blesses 
and builds with what you bring him. You, but you've got, to, you've got to bring it. You've got to bring it to him. She filled up seven. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm only speculating because this isn't the story. But she collected seven empty jars and filled seven empty jars. I believe if she would have brought eight, she would have filled eight. I think if she would have brought ten, she would have filled ten. If she would have found ten, twenty empty jars, she would have filled 20 empty jars. God blessed what she brought. The, the, her faith was there to bring something, and you have something, some ability, some vision, some dream, some, some desire inside of your heart that God has given you that only when you put it in the hands of Jesus can he multiply and turn it into a miracle. What's in your house? What has he given you? Jesus will take it and turn it into a miracle. She said, she said, I have nothing except this empty jar. I think, I, I just wonder if maybe the very thing that God has given you, the, the gift, the talent, the resource, the finance, the house, the car, whatever it is, what, it, what, what is it that God has put in your hand? Sometimes you don't know God's put it in your hand because you think it's meaningless. You would say the same thing that the widow would say, I have nothing. I, got, I have nothing God can use. That's why I'm okay with coming to church and just receiving. Because I have nothing that God can use. I have nothing that he can use in the kingdom. I have nothing. Well, except this, except this jar. I have nothing except this, this gifting. I have nothing except for that little that talent. I'm not even, you know, it's not even anything to shout about. I have nothing. Meaning, listen to me, meaningless jars can become a catalyst for miracles. Meaningless jars. Watch, she probably walked past that jar every day. She didn't even, barely even re remembered that it was there. It's just there. It's just a jar in the house, sitting in the corner of the house. What do you, what do you walk with every day that you ignore? What, what has God placed in your hand that you are, you've forgotten about, that you're no longer grateful for maybe, that you just have ignored? What is it that he's placed in your hand that you said, oh, that's just meaningless, and you walk past it every day? You, you don't even think about it. You ignore it every day. Meaningless things God can turn into a miracle. The same thing that you overlook daily in the hands of Jesus will be what he uses for a miracle. What are you overlooking in your life? I don't know about you, but man, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not good at really anything and that's why my favorite verse is acts 4 they were unschooled ordinary men i'm just an ordinary man and anything good that comes out of my life is because jesus blessed it it's only when i put my talents and my giftings in the hands of jesus can he bless it and turn it into and multiply it and turn it into a miracle amen don't overlook what you have begin to think right now what is it what is the thing God has given you. What is it that he's put? What is it that he's put in your hands? I thought it was interesting that she that she went to her neighbor's house and started to collect empty empty jars. She had a, she had a full jar of oil. I don't even know if it was full. She had a jar of oil sitting there. And she had to go around collecting empty jars and she went to her neighbor's house and collected empty jars. She went to her neighbors and found unused vessels. 
I wonder, I wonder how many people are around us with unused vessels. I wonder how many of us maybe are unused vessels that God is waiting to tap into to say, if you would just turn yourself over to me, surrender to me, I can fill you and I can, I can cause you to overflow and I can take what you thought wasn't important and I can cause you to be full of something of value and worth. When I turn myself over to him, they, were ju- they, they weren't being used. Let's not be people who s- are sitting around with unused jars. Let's not be people who are sitting around as unused vessels and empty, just always sitting around collecting dust on the shelf, trying to be a Christian that looks good on the outside. That's a great mantelpiece. I don't want to be a mantelpiece Christian. I want to be a Christian that's pulled off the mantelpiece and used by God because I've made myself available to him. Because I've brought what he's given me. I, the, the parable of the talents in scripture is the story where, where Jesus is ter- telling this parable of a master who gives over talents, who gives over resource to three people. And to one, he gives three. To one, he gives two. And to the other, he only gives one. And the, and the two of them go and invest the talents and they get a double return for the talents. But one was so afraid that he buried the talent. There was no investment and he did nothing. And the, and the master, when he returned, came to collect and he saw that the two invested and then he gave it to them. And then he saw that the one was scared and afraid and buried the talent, the thing that he gave him, and he rebuked him. He rebuked him. You're unfaithful servant. Because God isn't calling us, don't bury your brick. Don't bury what God has put in front of you. Don't bury what you were meant to bring. Are you with me? Are you following me? Amen? Don't bury what you were meant to bring because you're afraid that it's not enough. Or because you're afraid of being vulnerable. Or because you're afraid that you're going to be rejected again. Or because you're afraid of what you're going to lose. Some of us have giftings and some of us have talents. And we have recognized in life that they're really valuable. But we're actually afraid to invest them in the kingdom of God. Because what if I invest that? And what if I give energy to that? What if I focus on the kingdom of of God? And then I lose all the value that that gifting has. And I pour all my energy out with that gifting and that talent and that brick. And what God has given me. And then what happens if I lose it? What happens if, I, if it doesn't make me my income anymore? What happens if I, if I lose that? Or some of us are afraid and we try to bury the talents and the giftings God has given us because like the widow, it's all I have. It's all I have. It's all I got, so I'm going to hold tight to it. Or we think it's not, it's not valuable, it's not going to make a difference. People won't understand that gifting. People won't understand. That, that doesn't work in that context. Somebody say, bring your brick. When you bring your brick, I'm talking about to the church. I'm not talking about on Sunday mornings. Listen to me. This isn't about a church service. This is about the body of Christ. When you say, I'm willing to, to bring my brick, I'm br- willing to bring what God has given me to the house, to the people, to the, to the church, to the community. When I'm willing to bring that, What you thought didn't make sense makes sense when it's connected to the other bricks. 
Like this little Lego on its own is just an instrument of the devil to my feet at night when I walk into my kid's house until he, until he builds something with it and it's connected to other bricks and to other Legos and I see, oh, that little Lego makes so much more sense now because it's connected to the other Legos. What, what you thought was meaningless and didn't make sense, when you bring it to him and he builds his church with it, it will make a lot more sense and it adds value to it adds value to the people you're connected with and adds value to the whole picture and it's about building his kingdom and not your kingdom my you see my technical ability doesn't make sense but when it's when it's connected to somebody who has a heart with hospitality and no technical ability, well, it starts to make a lot of sense because that person can focus on that and that person can focus on that. When, when, when you're like, my finances aren't going to make a difference, but when my finances are connected to somebody in the, in the body of Christ who has a heart to reach out to refugees or has a heart to reach out to people who are hurting and broken, then my finances make a lot more sense attached to the kingdom because this person has a calling and they need to be resourced. Amen? My, my house doesn't make much, much sense just to live in until I meet somebody who's like, man, I really want to start a small group and I want to gather some people, but we don't have a space. And you're like, well, I got a space. Well, this resource that God has given me, my house, now makes a lot more sense because I've been connected to somebody in the house of God who, wants to, who needs a place to meet on a weekly basis to gather people and disciple people and build community. It starts to make so much more sense. The math didn't make sense. The, she, he says, take this one vessel and pour it out. Somebody say, pour it out. Pour it out. I'm trying to get you to be interactive with me today. Pour it out. Listen, when you pour out what you have, he pours in what he has. When you pour out what you have, he pours out what he has. I would much rather have what he has than what I have. When I, when I pour out what God has given me, when I pour out my time, when I pour out my ability, when I pour out my finances, when I pour out my giftings, when I pour out what I have, he pours in what he has. It's a powerful thing. It's a trust thing. It's a faith thing that has to take place. Jesus' power is on what's poured out. We see it, it, we see it in the story. As she pours out, he be, God begins to pour in oil. Because that oil didn't come from her jar because we know she only had one jar. As she began to pour out the oil that she had in her house, the thing that she that was meaningless, that wasn't of much value, he began to pour in the other jars. God's power, Jesus' power is on what you pour out. Listen to me. This is, I'm not, I'm not going to give a tithing message or anything like that, but that's what we talk about. God blesses the 10%. When I give my tithe, which means 10%, this is the principle. When I personally tithe, I'm just giving you my testimony. When I give my 10% to him, to Jesus, I'm recognizing that I'm putting my 10%, and when I give my jar, he pours out seven. You see what I'm saying? When, when he, he blesses the 10 and then pours out what he has. 
So when I pour out, and I'm not just talking about finances, but when I pour out my gifting, when I use it for his kingdom, I'm unlocking something in heaven that I didn't have access to before when I pour out, when I bring what I have. Jesus provides when you pour out. <laughs> I watched this. I can't remember if it was on Instagram or or not, but I was just scrolling through and I got captivated by this. It was this, it was this video. I should have I figured out how to get it and show it to you, but I'll, I'll illustrate it for you. It was this mom and this son um, in like a big mall. It showed them in a big mall and they sit down with a McDonald's bag um, at this table and they're sitting there at this McDonald's bag. The son is on the left and the mom is on the right and there's almost this like wall, this barrier right here. But what you see in the video is that the McDonald's bag that she had had the whole side cut out like this and it was actually it had a, it had the drink and it had the food in it and so she sits the mcdonald's bag like this and he's sitting there so he sees a regular mcdonald's bag but on this side there's a hole inside of it and it begins to talk about the story that he had covid during his birthday and he couldn't have a birthday party and all this so this is what they did for this little boy so she begins she pulls out the drink and sets it there and pulls out the fries and pulls out his sandwich and he's like yeah and then now his brother comes up at this wall where he can't be seen and starts to have has this big old bag of like birthday gifts and starts to hand it to the mom through the bag and so she's like grabbing in the bag it's like you know uh, an iphone you know she like pulls out an iphone he's like He's like looking at her like this and it starts to get like a whole baseball bat comes out of the bag, you know, like here's a baseball bat. Here's a, he starts to pull out a, a baseball glove and there's like 25 things that come out of this one small McDonald's bag. And I thought it was so in interesting. Isn't that like God that when I pour out what I have, that he, I'm an open re reserve and he begins to pour in and I'm an endless stream. I'm an endless stream. It's not a magic trick. It's a miracle of God that when I pour out, he pours in. And I'm constantly full. And I don't want to be a dam where I'm blocking the water and the blessing of God in my life to get to somebody else's life. Amen? There's an endless supply when I bring my brick to him. Luke chapter 7, Mary Magdalene pours out ointment on Jesus' feet. Some scholars would say that that ointment that she had was her whole year's wages. That was her year's wages. She pours out, Mary Magdalene pours out and anoints Jesus' feet. And then Jesus reaches over and forgives her sins. She poured out something earthly, of great earthly value, but she got something of eternal value when she poured out oil. Say pour it out. Paul even says multiple times, but in 2 Timothy chapter 4, let me read to you what he says to his, the one he's mentoring, to a young guy in ministry. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, for I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. See, he, Paul, Paul's, Paul made some, a significant statement. He says, listen, my life has been a drink offering. I have been poured out. I don't know about you, but at the end of my day, 
I hope that I can say and that people can say Daniel poured himself out. Pour, D- Daniel poured himself out. I, 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 want, I, don't want to, I don't want to end my day still having what God is giving me buried beneath somewhere, never used because I wasn't, a, I was too afraid to take risk. I was too afraid of that. It wasn't valuable enough. I was too afraid of what if people judge me? What if people reject me because of that? I just want to be poured out. I want to be poured out. And I'm telling you, church, when we as a church, as a body of Christ, come with that mentality, I'm not here to receive, but I'm here to be poured out. When I live my life that way, Jesus builds his church. Because you're bringing the brick to him. You're bringing what he's given you to him. And he builds a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And he builds a church, a beautiful bride of Christ that is ready to stand the end of time. That is ready to be um, met with Jesus at the end days. I'm telling you, when we pour ourselves out, he pours in. And we have to stop approaching Christianity and our relationship with God with the mentality of God pour into me God do this for me I'm here on Sunday to get something to last me through the week and I know that's all good and he does that but I need to flip the script and I need to say I'm going to pour out and knowing in faith that when I pour out he pours in I don't have to ask him to pour into me when I'm pouring out because he just pours in are you following me Are are, are we pouring out our life to Jesus or are we giving him a regulated allowance? Let me ask the question again. Are we we pouring out our life to him or are we just giving him an allowance of our life? We're saying, here, Jesus, you can have have this. This is your allowance. I'm, I'm convicted. I'm preaching to myself. Here's your allowance, Jesus. I'll do this. You you wouldn't say it this way. I'll do this. I'll give you. I'll give you this, but I've got some other stuff that, that, I'm not, that I'm not willing to give, you know? Listen to me, this isn't a, this isn't a everybody start serving in church to make a Sunday service happen. Please hear what I, don't hear what I'm not saying. This isn't, in a, this isn't a everybody write a check and, 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 and send it to the church. This, please, don't hear that. Because, because what my job to do is to help equip you for the work of ministry. If, if, you don't, if you're not serving here, setting up, t- tearing down, listen, I want to see where, your workplace, your ministry in your workplace. Pour out to him in your workplace. But your, your stay-at-home mom, pour out. You got disciples at your house. Pour out. What has God called you to do? God's called you to make disciples. He's called all of us to make disciples. Well, what, maybe that's meeting people for coffee on a weekly basis. Maybe that's having one-on-one conversations with people. What is God, what is your ministry? What is your brick? What does he put in your hands? It doesn't have to contribute to a Sunday morning service. It's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, I'm saying what we do have, we're meant to pour out to him. Are you pouring your life out to Jesus or are you giving him a regulated allowance? I think we all need to ask that question. Are we, are we pouring out to him or are we just saying, no, this, you can have this, but you can't have that? Sharon, come and we can, um, we're going to close in just a minute. I think the whole worship team is serving the kids. Not all of them, some of them serving the kids. We're going to close in just a moment. 
when you, when you bring your brick, bring it. When, 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 you, when God has put something in your hand, bring it. David, you just had a sling and a stone, but he brought it. He brought it with conviction. He brought that sling and a stone with conviction. The boy um, where, where Jesus fed the 5,000, he just had a couple loaves of bread and some fish, but he brought it. He brought it and he put it in Jesus' hand. And guess what happened? A miracle took place. When you bring it to him, the, there was a widow who everybody was counting the offerings and everybody was bringing so much offering and they were, they were watching the offering take place. But this widow, she just brings one mite. She just brings one little sense, just one little thing. And, and Jesus commended that woman because it wasn't about how much she had, but it was about what she had. She was poured out. It was all she had. She, she brought what she had. We've got to be people who bring what we have. Bring your, bring your brick. Bring your brick. You know that title was, this, this title of this message was actually inspired by a story I heard of an African pastor. Um, Destiny Network is connected with um, different pastors in Africa. And they, they have a lot of financial challenges when it comes to doing church. And oftentimes... Um, they're even trying to build a Western church model and they need a building and this kind of thing to meet in. And I think that's great. There was, so there, there's a story, one in particular pastor, and they would meet under a tree every Sunday morning. That's where they had their messages. Wouldn't that be awesome? We wouldn't have to set up, you know, like, where do you plug in? I don't know. Um, solar power. And uh, rain or shine, they'd meet, under this, they'd meet under this tree and have Sunday services. They started, we need a building. Let's believe God for a building. So they began to pray for a building, pray for a building. And God, God told the pastor to tell the congregation, said, hey, listen, every Sunday what I want you to do, they'd have to travel for miles to get to this, to get to this location. Every Sunday what I want you to do is when you come to church, I want you to find a brick and I want you to bring a brick. And Sunday after Sunday, they came and they built a building because <laughs> they brought a brick. They brought a brick. And the point is this, is that it wasn't, it, it wasn't the pastor, it wasn't the leadership staff, the whole church contributed to Jesus' building, to building that building. And, the, and God wants everybody to contribute to building. Bring your brick. It's only valuable if it's brought. It's only, it can only be used if you, if you bring it. When you, you, you bring it, you bring it to work with you and you show up and you pour yourself out into your mission, into what God has called you to at work. And you, and you, bring, it, you bring it when you come home and your kids are playing and screaming at you and drawing on walls and stuff. And you bring it there and, you, and, you, and you're poured out there. And you bring, it, you bring it on Sunday morning and you bring it in your small group and you bring it in your friendships and you bring it when you're out Saturday night you bring that brick you don't put it away you just bring the brick you bring the brick because God has put it in your hand <laughs> David listen to me David when he defeated Goliath he was just delivering I think we said this last week he was just delivering cheese to his brothers who were on the front lines against the Philistines he was just he didn't he didn't need a sling and stone, but he brought it. He brought it with him, you know? Because he's thinking, you never know. You never know when you're going to need it. 
I'm not going intentionally to kill a giant or to kill a lion or bear. But you never know when you're going to need a sling and stone. So I'm just going to bring it. And good thing he had it with him because what he had in his hand and what he brought, God used to defeat the very obstacle and problem in front of him, Goliath. Good thing he brought his sling and stone. Bring it. Bring your brick because you don't know when you're going to need it. You don't know when you're going to need that gifting. You don't know when you're going to need that resource. Some of us, some of us, thinking like this widow I don't have what am I I don't have you got a house open your house to people invite them over to dinner build community let them see your life and let them see your walk you don't got much you got a maybe you got a car pick people up drive university students around I don't know yeah I, I don't I don't got much I got this I got this weird thing I like to do bring it you know wow I just, just like to I like to dance pour, pour it out pour it out ask God what where do you want me to put this where do you want me to bring this what do you want me to do with this use it for his kingdom maybe you're like I don't I don't have much but one thing I'm a, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to facts you know I just love facts man study yourself approved teach the word I don't know, like, what, what is it that you have? You're a hospitable person. Have people over. I don't, I don't got much, but I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring my brick. Can you stand to your feet with me today? You want, your, you want your talents to make a difference? Then give it to him. You want your finance to make a difference? Give it to him. You want resource to make a difference? Then, then give it to him. You want your life to make a difference? Maybe some of us are asking that question today. I want my life to make a difference. You know what I'm going to say? Give it to him. Give it to him. You want you want to make a difference? Give it to him. That's why Matthew 10 says, whoever finds his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my name's sake will find it. In other words, whoever gives their life to Jesus will actually find their life. Whoever surrenders their life to Jesus will find their life. And so many times we've been searching for life. We've been searching for approval. We've been searching for significance. We've been searching for worth. We've been searching for value and purpose. And we've been trying to find our life. We've been trying to find what we're made for. And you know what Jesus says? Give it to me. Because when you bring it, when you bring it to me, you will find your life in the body of Christ. You'll find your purpose there. It'll start making a lot more sense when it's connected to the kingdom of God. It'll start to make a lot more sense when it's connected to the church that he's building. It'll make a lot more sense when you give it to him. Can you close your eyes with me today? Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. And you're thinking, how do I even do that? I don't even know what to do. The Bible says... All you need to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. 
And what you're saying is, is I'm not in control of my life. I'm not Lord of my life. I'm not in charge anymore. I'm not trying to make a life for myself. But in fact, I'm giving my life to you, Jesus. It is yours, not my will, not my plans, but your will and your plans. I'm surrendering to you. And in, in turn, I'm gaining the life of Christ. I'm living in him and he's living in me. He dwells inside of me. What a beautiful thing that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords would dwell inside of me. That we don't go to temples anymore because God says we are his temples. And he would live inside of me. When I give him my life, he would fill me up just like those jars that the widow had. Insignificant jars. I won't talk bad about you, but I'll talk bad about me. I'm just a jar. I'm just a jar. I'm just a jar. But when I surrender my jar, when I surrender my life, he fills it with him. And then it's significant. It's the life he designed for me. The purpose he designed for me. With all eyes closed, all I'm going to ask you to do today, if you want to make that decision or maybe you want to come back to him today, rededicate your life to him and make, or make that decision for the first time, all I'm going to ask you to do, nothing more, is just raise a hand so I know who I'm praying for because I'm about to pray for you. Just raise a hand and say, that's me. I'm coming to him today for the first time or maybe I'm coming back to him today. Maybe you're online today. You can raise your hand as well. I want to pray for you. We're going to have a barcode on the screen, a QR code. We'd love to get your information so that we can give you some resources. Let me just pray for you, those hands that are lifted today and those online. Father, today we just thank you that though you ask us for our life, you wouldn't ask us and haven't asked us for anything that you haven't already given us. And on the cross, you gave us your life. On the cross, you gave us everything. And all you're asking is for an empty jar, an empty vessel, our life. And we're grateful, Jesus, that you fill it. We're grateful that you fill it. We surrender to you today, Jesus. Our life is yours. You are the Lord of our life. And we surrender to you. Help us believe it in every aspect of our life, in every aspect of our heart. God, today I pray that you would help us bring our brick, bring our talent, bring our giftings, bring what you've given us, bring the very thing that's in our house and in our hand. Help us to be people who are poured out like Paul said. To be a church that makes a big impact because we're a church that isn't here to consume but to be poured out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we give Jesus a clap of praise?